everybody. My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversation with pastors who have not figured it out. And we we did not record last week. Um, nope. Primarily, that was my fault. Um, I was primarily. Out of town. Primarily. My my <laughs> bad. I actually... <clears throat> um, some of my middle schoolers, like the same ones that like have like the Monopoly group. The um, yeah, they, they came up to me at like a volleyball event we had on a Friday. And there's like, hey, no podcast today. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Sorry. I was being your student pastor tonight. My bad. <laughs> um, but no, we, we weren't able to record last week because I was out of town at a camp. And dude, the funniest thing happened. Um, well, funny things happen at camp all the time. All the time. But the strangest preaching experience I've ever had in my life happened last year at this camp. Oh. Um, where like I was on stage. It was like the third or fourth night too. It's like I'm like giving the gospel. It's like that night. And... All I see in the back is I'm, I make some point and I see like the director of the camp stand up in the back and he just kind of like waves his finger like, do it again, do it again, like go deeper. That right, one. right. And like I'm egging like, oh. you on. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, like, like egging me on. I'm like, oh, that must have hit. Okay, all right. <laughs> like I go off script and I go down that rabbit trail. I, I, I kind of come back <clears throat> and I say something else. And like, I see the same thing in the back. Now two of them are standing up and they're just like, do it again, go, go, go. And I'm like, holy crap, I I am crushing this right now. Like the spirit is moving. Like, yeah, it's like, I've, no one ever tells me to preach longer. So I'm just like, all right, I'm in it. Let's go. Like y'all gonna get this gospel. Um, We get through the night. I preach for 55 minutes. Holy cow, dude. 55 minutes <laughs> that's a long time and like i kid you not 25 minutes of that was off the cuff and wow look at the spirit so i i get back and i'm like whoa hold, like look, look at what the spirit has done like clearly mm. clearly like something hit um <laughs> the leaders of the camp come up to me like hey man um, just, you know, thank you for going next extra 25 minutes. You didn't have to do that. And I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 what do you mean? They were like, well, we were trying to like get you to like understand, like apparently like the kid is fine now. So like, it's perfectly okay. Yeah, it's fine. But there was a kid that had passed out from like heat exhaustion, oh. like right in front of like the front doors. And so they were trying to like take care of that kid, make sure they were okay. And they didn't want the students leaving because they needed to get that student out of there and get them like help. And so they were just trying to get me to like mm. keep them in the room. It was like, we would have done extended worship. We would have done something, but I'm like, I took it. I was like, man, the spirit <laughs> is moving. <laughs> I'm like, Preach I'm like it, wow. yeah, come, come on now. Come on, young man. And I'm like, man, I ranted about like sin or something like that to those poor high schoolers hey. for like, Close to an hour, man. It is the longest and strangest preaching experience I've ever wow. had in my life. The uh, the spirit was clearly moving. And also, it is not an effective way for someone to communicate to you by just like, well, what is, you what is this? <laughs> That's the universal sign for like, do for it like, again. Like, like, you're killing it. Like, yeah, say you're that crushing again it, times man. two. You're crushing uh, it, man. I'm like, wave your hands. Like, do something. <laughs> or just don't tell me. And I would have finished 30 minutes earlier. And Ugh. we can just sing reckless love over and over and over. Man, um, I, so last year, we were both preaching camps at the same time. You were at one camp. I was at another camp. And it was literally the same Yeah, it was week. cute. And I remember this one camp I was doing, lo- love this camp, love this church. They were doing like 
baptisms in the lake. There's a lake on the campsite and the lake is probably the lake is huge, but there's this little island, probably like two football fields, three football fields away. So it's a good distance. Yeah. And we're doing baptisms and out of the corner of my eye, I just see this like splashing and it's this kid that has bolted. Like he jumped into the lake and he is swimming to this island <laughs> and he's like halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 the the pastor's like, What are you doing? And he's like, he literally screams back, I'm swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, sir? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Man. Awesome. Ugh. Awesome. Man, stories are the best. Brood, there are some of the weirdest, like strangest, funniest stories that ever come from camps. Um, <laughs> something I, I can't had, even say. Bro, I had I had a kid come to camp a long time ago. Other church, yeah. a kid came to camp, did not pack anything, didn't pack a single thing. Oh yeah, just yeah, the yeah. clothes, the clothes on their back, and two two liters of fruit punch. Oh, amen. <laughs> and, and that's what they brought to camp. And I was like, you know what? You're ready. You're ready. Well, bro, my uh, <laughs> my intern last year, God bless him, he doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, my. <laughs> My intern, he he came in and he was like, all right, man, like I'm prepared for this week. I'm like, cool. What'd you bring? And he unloads not one box of Pop-Tarts, but 14 boxes of Pop-Tarts. And like the, I was like the 10 packs. No, like, the big like, ones. No, like 14 individual boxes of, <laughs> of Pop-Tarts. And so he's like, this is what I will be eating this week. And I was in a cabin by myself. No one else slept in there. It was me and his pop tarts that were in that room. And so he would, he would come back to the room. We had like this little like setup in this like shop of pop tarts. We would like smuggle them to students and stuff like that. Um, uh, hey, man, survival was, of the fittest at summer camp. It's survival of the fittest, man. And in the middle of all of that craziness, God somehow tends to move and do amazing, miraculous things and all of that. Um, and so honestly, tonight, I think we were just planning on talking about the goodness of God. And you can see God's goodness, I think, supremely evident throughout camps because something inevitably goes wrong. And Mm -hmm. no matter what that kid is going through leading up to camp, what happens during camp or whatever that student is going home to at camp, like the character of the Lord is the same and he is good. And I think I've seen that in my life. I know you've seen that in your own life. And so honestly, like I think tonight we're just going to unpack like what does it mean that God is good what is his character? And like, even when God tells you no, in a mm. sense, can God still be good when he doesn't give you the thing that he wants? And so I, th- I think yeah. tonight's going to be a really cool episode. The thing that I've realized over probably the past five years, and this is a big area of sanctification for me personally, is even when God says no, he still loves me. And yeah. I think I think I've so often viewed those things as opposed like if god said no to the thing that i wanted or the thing that i was convinced that i needed then god is disciplining me or like he hates me or like he he wants nothing to do with me or maybe he's like done with me but now that i've gone into like this ministry journey and even just as i've gotten older i'm able to look back at the course of my life and see that god's nose were actually some of his biggest graces towards me And in the moment, I couldn't see it. Yeah. But now, even just looking back over the past couple of years, the picture is a little bit clearer 
And there are things that I'm still not clear on. Like there are things that still seem foggy. There are things that I still may be a little confused about. But when I remember that in the midst of God's no, like he still loves me. The Bible says that he chose me. He knows me like like he has my greatest good at heart because he knows that my greatest good is what glorifies him. Like that is true. And so there's a there's a level of comfort that we can take even in those no's. And I've only seen that as I've started to get older. Yeah. Well, it's like you have to understand God's character and like God in his nature cannot change. That is part of like Bible says that, that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Bible also says that God is supremely good. Those two things cannot change about him. So like even when God says no to you, that is ultimately mm-hmm. his supreme good. Yeah. And it's ultimately for your good. And I think the thing that oftentimes trips a lot of us up is that we think we know what's good for us or we think that we have our best good at heart. Um, oftentimes we don't. And so God actually has our good more than we do. And he it's not prosperity gospel to say that God wants good for us. Yeah. Because he's a good God and wants to give good things and also looking like Jesus and sanctification is good for us. Yeah. Um, but man, like I, I know I've seen that, like I've seen that in my life and I, I think I get even get a little personal in this, but like, man, I've even seen that like with, with like Liz and I've seen the ways that for those who don't know, like I started dating this girl. Um, she's phenomenal. She's great. And over past couple of years or so, like wrestling with the Lord of like, all right, man, like I really want this thing, really want this thing called a relationship. Like it's not there though. Um, and tangibly putting the goodness of God with the thing that I want. And when he doesn't give that now, God isn't good. And I think now looking back on it and now knowing that someone like her exists and I'm like, it's the way seeing the way, like the Lord, like put all the timing together and everything. Like it wasn't for my good at that moment, Mm. but like, God's greatest grace that he could have given to me was telling me no and holding my hand. Yeah. And showing me his character. And then I met her. Yeah. Um, and like, she isn't goodness in and of itself. Like she's a gift from a good God. But like, I think the times that like, okay, well we feel like great. God hasn't given me this one thing. Um, we limit the infinite nature of God's goodness to the one thing that we want. And we determine his faithfulness or his goodness based off that one thing. And God is good regardless of whether or not he gives you the gift or whether or not you never get it at all. Like he is good yeah. and that is his character. But oftentimes we just don't feel that. Yeah. Uh, two stories immediately come to my mind. I'll share the more humorous one. Um, in high school, I, was kind of a wreck in a lot of ways. Um, the Lord was just like pruning my heart. He was proving to me and showing me that he is the ultimate good and that he's the thing I should be per- pursuing and yeah. nothing else. And because of that, I had this just obsession where I was being denied by every single girl. Bro, like <laughs> every person that I asked out, 
I got denied hard. And the frustrating <laughs> thing was my friend group was dating all these people. Like yeah, my, yeah. my friends had these girlfriends and they, my, my, you know, second, my tier B friends had girlfriends and my tier C friends yeah, had girlfriends and all yeah. these people around me were dating all these people. And I was just here and I was like, man, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Everyone says, no, what the heck is the problem? And my junior year of high school, I hit a tipping point where like the 30th person I asked out said, no, I have no idea if it was that many, but 30. I was good. I, it was, I know I was, wow. Idolatry in it's like most perfect form. Desperation. It was an idol. And yeah. I hit, I hit this like mountain peak, like tipping point, And I just fell straight into a season, like a year of depression. Yeah. And I lost all my personality. I lost like a lot of the relationships that I had because I withdrew from them. And like, I just got crushed. It felt like I got hit by a bus. Yeah. And it was through that. And it was through my mentor really pointing me back to scripture, like reminding me of the goodness of God. And in the midst of all of the no's that I felt like I was being given, yeah. Reminding me that like God said yes to me and, and saved me on the cross was like the thing that began to restore me a little bit. Yeah. And it was only through all of those no's that God had to give me to literally destroy an idol. Was it that he was able to restore a piece of our relationship that had been broken because I was depending on other people for love and not depending on Jesus to provide the love that only he could provide. Yeah. One, thank God for Felicity. Um, bro, praise God. <laughs> here's, the, here's the funniest part, bro. Here's the funniest part. You ready? In all of my friend groups from high school yeah, yeah. till now, I you was the, the first. first person to get you married. The first. So the Lord, the Lord. Bro, okay. <laughs> this, this doesn't have to turn into a dating episode, but like at the same time, it's always relationships. It's yeah. always, and maybe that's just because we're in student ministry, but I feel like young adults, students, the primary thing is like, okay, God's goodness is based on whether or not you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. Whether young adults, God's goodness is based on whether or not you have a spouse or whether or not your boyfriend or girlfriend has proposed to you. Like then it's kids, hmm. then it's a home. It's just like, it always yeah. just seems to center around relationships. And I'm like, man, the amount of times if you desire a relationship and you don't have it, that sucks. Yeah. Flat out. We can say that. It's not great. Yeah. It's difficult to be 24 years old and look around and see all your friends get married. Um, but I think so oftentimes we are so quick to rush through that or so mm -hmm. quick to put a Band-Aid on our feeling with whatever you want to call that, that very rarely we sit and we bring those emotions to God. And we say, God, I know intellectually you're good. I don't feel it right now. I don't see it right now. Can you help me? And I didn't always, I didn't do that perfectly, but yeah. I'm like, because there were years in there. And so I'm like <laughs> one or two of the days throughout those years, like I was like, all right, Lord, like this is what I feel. This is what I see, mm. but it's not matching up with what I know to be true about you. And the Lord, every single time didn't change my emotions, didn't change what I felt, but like he reminded me of what's true. And yeah. I think a lot of the time as Christians, we think that our relationship with God is based off what we feel. Um, 
this is a phrase that I keep telling our students a lot, but your emotions are great gifts. They make terrible guides for your walk with the Lord. Um, and just because you don't feel that God is good in the moment, even if you don't have that one thing that you want, doesn't mean that the Lord isn't good to you because he can't not be good to you in that moment. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm learning is that God's goodness didn't start to me the day I met Alyssa. Yeah. It's like God was good all throughout Hmm. everything. He has been good and he will continue to be good. Like it, it doesn't stop. Um, I think he just gives us little times where we can look back and see it. And that's the beautiful part. Well, like now when there's another time when I don't feel God's goodness or see his goodness, now I can look back and remember like, oh no, like I remember that. And the Lord really was good. And the Lord really did see me and know me. One of by far the most influential books that I've ever read is a book called The Screwtape Letters. If you haven't read it, you should totally read it. Um, it's by C.S. Lewis, and basically the premise of this book is you have an upper-ranked demon and a lower-ranked demon having a conversation on how they are going to basically make humanity stumble and fall, how they can make humanity you know, pull away from Jesus. Yeah. And it's basically just a conversation of two demons strategizing on how to beat humans. And it's really fascinating to read something from that perspective because what C.S. Lewis does is he, he actually makes a point in this book where these two demons, one of their primary focuses to, to attack a human is to attack relationships. It's to, it's to attack what they care about most because from Genesis one, we're relational beings. We were created for relationship first and foremost with God. Yeah. And then with others, we were created for it. God creates man. Then we are meant to be in relationship with God. And then he goes on to say, hey, it's not good for you to be alone, not even talking about in the context of marriage, just talking in the context of community. And then what humanity does is they go and they break this relationship with Jesus. So fellowship is destroyed. So what we do is we seek other relationships to to fill the void of the God man relationship that was broken. Yeah, Yeah. And so if Satan can get you to put other relationships in that gap. Come on. If he can convince you that like your relationship with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or the relationship that you think you could have with a boyfriend or girlfriend, or the relationship you wish you had with your mother or your father or your friends, if he can get you to substitute that, that's all he has to do. Yeah, man. Because when that relationship fails, you blame God. Yeah. And it's like, man, that is the trap that I have fallen into time and time and time again. And it's like, why the heck do I still, do I keep letting like Satan have this grip on me Yeah. when I know the truth? And man, it's a difficult thing to re- like to, to wrestle with, but that's what Satan's trying to do. Like we have yeah. his tactic. We know his war plan. It's, it's clear. We just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we, we literally just don't care. We want what we want and the way that we want it, even if we know it's going to bring hurt and pain and consequences. And I think like what you just said is something that every 15 year old to 30 year old in the country needs to listen to that. Yeah. I'm like, that person is not your savior. That person cannot fix you. That person cannot mend the hole or fill the gap that you feel in your heart. So stop trying to put a fit of square peg in a round hole and get mad when it doesn't fit. Yes. Um, 
or get mad when that that gets taken off the table entirely. Yeah. Because like honestly, sometimes like not speaking this over your life, and maybe the Lord isn't giving you that person right now because He wants you. Yeah. Like it's not like you have to be cleaned up, squared away with God, and then He'll give you a relationship. I know many people who are not right with God that have beautiful relationships. Like that's not that's not what that means, and the Bible never really says that. Yeah. But there may be times like the overarching thing in the Bible is that God wants you. He wants your heart so much so that he sent his one only son to die on the cross for you so that you could have a relationship with him. So if he's willing to send his son to die on the cross to have your heart, why do you think he's willing to withhold something right now so that he can have your heart? Hmm. Like so that you can know that he alone is the true lover of your soul. Like, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's a good thing because like a good thing in the bad timing and the bad way is actually or a good, I don't know what the phrasing of that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's no, like, I, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a good thing in a bad way turns into a God thing. I don't know what that phrasing yeah. is, but like all that stuff. Yeah. It's so good. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because I still think I'm, I'm wrestling with this idea a little bit, but I think this struggle and this doesn't minimize the struggle right like like the the mental health issues and the depression that that i had my junior year of high school like that battle was very real yeah because i walked through it and i experienced it yeah but the the spiritual warfare that we often experience relationally whether it's with a significant other friends family whatever is a seems to be a more western church thing and maybe this is just because I'm not a part of other cultures and in other areas of the world where the church exists. But like, if we look at the underground church, that does not seem to be the idol or to be the, to be the struggle that yeah. they're wrestling through or that they're dealing with. And so I don't know. I, it's something that I was thinking about. I don't know if you have anything to kind of like add to that. Um, maybe it's because the persecution is just so much more physical there than it is here. Um, yeah, but it I, seems I, like I, a, a very privileged thing to to battle here in the Western Church. Well, it's like you can intellectually know that God is good and that He loves to give good gifts. That's one thing. To demand that the character of the God of the universe is dependent on what He gives you is a completely other thing. And yeah. I feel like that last part is where a lot of us tend to fall in, not knowingly, but like yeah. it's just the waters that we swim in that like. Following Jesus produces something. Hmm. Following Jesus produces a better life. It produces better security. Following Jesus cures all my mental illness, which no, it does not. Like hmm. salvation is not a silver bullet for mental illness. It isn't. Yeah. Um, like we, we think that it does all of these different things for us. But when in reality, like salvation is you, God rescuing your soul from spiritual death to spiritual life into relationship with him. And the peace that he promises you isn't that everything will be okay. Jesus says, in this life, you will have trials. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I have peace in Christ, not knowing that mm -hmm. my tomorrow is going to be okay. I yeah. have peace knowing that God is already in tomorrow. He goes before me. Like that's That, I feel like, is much more of the foundation of like Christianity outside of America or the Christian South or wherever it's at, whereas the Christian South kind of flips that. Yeah. Of where it's like, all right, like what... Following Jesus will do blank for me. Um, when in reality, he's already done everything he needs to for you. Like, it's, it's kind of the reality. Like, this is a question I was pondering about a year ago. But mm -hmm. like, if God never gave me anything for the rest of yeah. my life, if none of my desires ever got met, 
but he used every day to sanctify me to look more like Jesus. And I didn't die with a spouse or a billion dollars or my name known by people. If all I died was looking like Jesus, would that be enough? Yeah. Would that be it? It it reminds me of the quote, share the gospel, die, be forgotten. I forget who said that quote. It was not me. Um, But there's, it's just that quote and and it's it's on the wall of, of my townhome because it is just, it's something that I struggle with so much. Like my desire really like, Seven years ago when I was called to ministry, like my desire was to be one of those pastors, like the one that like wrote a book, you know, and yeah, like sold I, it on I, I remember your old podcast. I remember. Yes. That. Like that, like that was like, that was a deep desire of mine. And yeah. the Lord really had to work on my heart and root out a lot of these idols because that's what I wanted. And it's like, it's the parable or not even the parable. It's the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. This young boy gives away his fish, his bread. And we don't even know this kid's name. Like, am I okay being that kid? Like, am I okay being a part of this story, this grand narrative that Jesus is writing, but going unnamed and unknown by this world? Yeah. I mean, that's hard. But I don't go unnamed and unknown by the Father. Yeah. And that's all that matters. It's like, the worst thing that God can do for your life is not necessarily withhold your idols from you, the worst thing he can do is give you your idols. Yeah. Um, And oftentimes we don't see that and we don't feel that and we don't experience that. And we get mad at a good God for withholding something that would ultimately harm us or take us away from him, which is our ultimate good. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think this is kind of where I think we can land the plane here. It's like wherever you're at, it's like whatever you desire, think, want in the moment, like the Lord has not ceased to be good. Um, he will not cease to be good. It's in his character and it's in his nature to always be good all of the times. Um, and yeah. even when you don't feel that, it's not an if, it's like a when. You will not feel that. And the same way if you're married to somebody for 45 years, you're not always going to have the warm butterflies and fuzzy feelings. But you yeah. know that person loves you because they've proved it over and over and over and over and over. God's love is like that times 100. Yep. And just because you don't feel that way, doesn't mean that God doesn't feel that way towards you um, and that he will not be there tomorrow um, to show you goodness. Yeah, we we share our stories like we, we want to be transparent with you here because we want to show that like we've been there and are many times we are there is like yeah. we are we yeah. are in ministry, but we are human and we are fallen and we need a savior. And so hopefully these little like nuggets into our life can help encourage you if you're there um, because the Lord is good and he's been good to people around you and he's been good to you. And so he's capable of, of, of bringing you out from wherever you at or from wherever you're at and restoring whatever relationship, whether it be with him or with others. And so y'all thank you for tuning in today. I, we might miss next week too. Cause I'm out. I'm out of the country. <laughs> stop leaving the country, man. Stop. Hey, stop f- going and sharing the gospel this with people who need it. This is the first time I've been out of the country this year. So technically, I was out of the country in like December of last year, though. So I don't know if that counts. That doesn't. That um, counts. 
we'll see. Hey, if there's an episode next week, praise God. If there's not, I'm out of the country. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your questions. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We had a few more come in this week. That's pretty cool. You can check us out on TikTok at ReaganJones97 and at Rotsiv157 and on Instagram at Sanctified underscore ish. Yeah. Check us out. Something like something like that. Something like that. And actually, hold on. I just need to I need to give props to Reagan here. He's in charge of the Instagram. And it looks good. Like y'all should go follow it. It looks that's good. Why, that's why it looks good. Yeah, it looks um, good. A- aesthetically good. pleasing. It's a stat it's aesthetic. It's very 2023. It's very 2023. <laughs> y'all, we appreciate you. We are thankful for you. Thank you for coming back week and week. Um or every week. And we will catch y'all in the next one. Until next time. Take care. And God bless. Bruh, <laughs> Thank how, you for coming I, back. Weekend, 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 week, weekend, week. Wherever you at today? So when I don't you know where you is. When you were talking about like fitting the like the the square thing into like the round hole or whatever, yeah. there's this TikTok trend where it's like this kid's game, like a kid's puzzle, and yeah. he's like, "Where does this go?" In the round hole. And then he picks up like a square. Where does this go? In the, In the round, round hole. hole. <laughs> and he takes a triangle. In the r- And it's so frustrating. <laughs> but they all fit. So get off TikTok. I'll link that TikTok in the show notes. You say that every time and you never do. I know. I know. I know.